Yeah. Welcome, Bike, to the studio. Welcome, Bike, to the headquarters and the channel and all that sheesh after week 12 games have wrapped. Except for tonight's Indianapolis versus Pittsburgh Steelers showdown, if you can call it that. More like a hoedown, am I right? Came back with the jokes after this break. I'm just going to flat out say I like the over on both of these fucking prize picks lines. 12 and a half and 13 and a half fantasy points for these quarterbacks. I don't think either of them are great QBs. Is this public right now? Why is there only eight people in here? Ike baby. Oh, there we go. We're zoomed in. We're zoomed up. We're... Um, yeah, I like both of these lines, man. I, I don't trust either of them as quarterbacks, but these are extremely low. Like they had Sam Darnold at 10 and a half yesterday. That was pretty generous in my humble ass opinion. Um, Kenny Pickett, not a great thrower of the football. Neither of these defenses are necessarily terrifying defenses. Pickett also gets it done on the ground. So I'm a fan of Pickett's 13 and a half line. I think he gets over that maybe 14 or 15. Matt Ryan, this might be a little bit closer. He'll probably have a lot of pressure. I'm sure they're going to rely on Jonathan Taylor, but I think he ekes it out 12 and a half fantasy points tonight. So I like both of these on prize picks right now. Uh, if you're new to prize picks, make sure you go download the app first link in the description, which will automatically throw BDGE into that promo code slot, and it'll get you a 100% deposit match if it is your first time. Bing, bang, boom. Let's talk week 12. Now, as you may or may not have seen from the thumbnail and the title, Josh Jacobs is a living God. The dude goes over 300 total yards. And I think there's a lesson to be learned here. A little bit, at least. Josh Jacobs um, was just a dynamite pick this year, right? Like in any format. At any round, at any price, he's the RB1 overall right now. So literally, if he was a first-round pick, he would have looked like a fucking moron in August, and you'd look like a genius right now. This year was a little bit weird when it came to running backs. People went and drafted them early and often, and then it hit the dead zone. And people are so in tune with like the narratives of fantasy football that the dead zone where it used to be got pushed back multiple rounds. It went from like, oh, anyone you draft in rounds four, five, or six are considered dead zone running backs. And you should stay away from them just for that principle. And everybody, you know, we have like group think in fantasy football where everyone starts to do and act and draft alike. And what happens is it tends to push players in, in droves into that narrative. Whatever the narrative is, it gets it, it gets circled around that little sphere And then it gets faster and faster and moves it further into the direction of that narrative. So for the dead zone running backs, they were fourth, fifth round, sixth round picks in the beginning of the summer. And by the time all those names got on this targeted list, I mean, you were looking at these guys going in the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the 10th rounds. They're no longer dead zone running backs. They're just, starting running backs that you're getting in the eighth, seventh, ninth round. Some of them have downside. Some of them have upside. Some of them have hit. Some of them have not. But that's not the dead zone, right? And there are a lot of players. Like this year's dead zone felt a little bit different than most years. Most years you look at the dead zone and it's, 
the older players, right? Like we've seen over the years where it's the Todd Gurley's and the David Johnson's and the dudes who are like, let's try to recapture that form one more time. He's a fifth round pick, but what if he performs like that first round pick one more time? It's a lot of old dudes that were trying to re recapture their prime. But going into this year, we had a lot of younger, more explosive players like the Kenneth Walkers and the Josh Jacobs and the Travis Etienne's and the Brees Halls. And all those dudes were dead zone running backs that ended up getting pushed back to the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth round. And admittedly, I didn't like a lot of them, but I didn't like them not because they were just dead zone running backs. I didn't like a lot of the situations like Kenneth Walker. I wasn't a guy drafting him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round because Rashad Penny was clearly the starter there. And he was, it was like the first seven weeks of the season. It was, it was Penny's backfield and nothing to do with Walker. Walker probably got a total of like 14 carries through seven weeks. So the process was correct, but then Penny went down. So if you were someone who went into the year and you were like, I'm drafting Kenneth Walker because I know Rashad Penny's getting hurt, you're a fucking asshole. Not because you wished or care or thought that he was going to get hurt. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about that. I'd be rooting for injuries. Hell yeah. I, I'm about to make some merch that says I root for injuries if I got the backup running back, bitch. I root for injuries if I own the backup running back on the fucking back. That would be fire merch. But, like, for you to just say that and have so much confidence in it happening, I guess, like, shout out to you because you were fucking right. But it wouldn't have happened without that. Kenneth Walker is obviously the player that we thought he was when he got drafted, but the situation was ugly. However, when we look at, you know, the crop of running backs next year, when we're looking at guys that are fourth, fifth, sixth round, when we're looking at these young, explosive backs, the Damian Pierce's, whatever, and we're just clumping them into the dead zone running backs, like, you know, if, if Leonard Fournette ends up being a six-round pick next year, he's probably is a guy that I will avoid because he's like the telltale older running back. Let's try to recapture his prime when it's almost definitely not there anymore. But what if? If he's alongside a rookie who is like a third-round pick in a backfield with opportunity ripe for the taking, the decision is easy there. You know, the more that these players get pushed back, the less their risk is. When you're drafting dudes in the third, fourth, fifth round, the risk is higher because the opportunity cost is higher. When you let them slip a couple rounds, it's all a spectrum, right? There's no black or white. There's no hit or miss. There's no anything here. I mean, Josh Jacobs, for me, was absolutely a fucking miss. It's crazy because, like, one of my most popular videos last summer was the uh, the thumbnail is, is me doing, like, the meme where the guy does, like, the TikTok guy does, like, the trade offer. And it's like, you want this running back, so draft this running back. And it was like, you want Joe Mixon, draft Josh Jacobs. And looking back on it now, it was like the most fire analysis of all time. But the tune changed throughout the offseason as they added pass catching running backs, as they talked about running more of a committee approach, as they did X, Y, and Z. And to be honest, I don't even know if I have a learning lesson here other than just saying it was fucking wrong as shit. What can we take away? I mean, you could say Josh Jacobs was just so talented that he didn't let them force a committee, but like you probably could have argued that for the last four years, he was always the most talented back there. Why didn't it happen? Um, he's just simply running better than he ever has. But I, I do think the key point to take away from this year. And at the end of the year, I always do like a top 10 lessons learned video. And I'm sure this will be a big part of it. Key takeaway is like when these narratives start to push groups of players or specific players or positions to a certain extent, they start to become values. And I think we saw that a lot with the running backs in this year's class. And not all of them will hit. Like, you could say the same thing for J.K. Dobbins. Like, he was a guy coming back from an ACL, and I was like, he seems like a dead zone running back to me. I'm going to let him drop to the seventh, eighth, ninth round because 
I don't like him coming back from injury. That would make me look good because I was right about that, but I was wrong about a few other ones, you know? But I do think overall, typically when players are in a tier together, when the narrative pushes that tier too far, we got to flip the script. We got to be open to change. You know what I'm saying? All right. I'm not even going to look at the comments because you guys are all probably telling me to shut the fuck up. I'm going to go into the games. Into the games. Let's share my screen. We're going to go game by game. How the fuck do we do this? Share screen. You're down there. Cool. All right. Well, the first game of uh, the week 12 Sunday slate was Tampa Bay. You know, we just talked about Uncle Leonard and Cleveland. What a game. Went into OT. And Fournette was out for this game. So Rashad White stepped in. 23 touches, caught all nine targets, 45 yards. So didn't get into the end zone, but was you know explosive enough, caught every single ball his way. I think when Leonard Fournette gets back, sure, it'll be a committee. And I don't know what they're going to do on the goal line. But Rashad White seems like he might Ramondre Stevenson, Leonard Fournette right now. Like if I have to start one of them rest of season, it's almost for sure going to be Rashad White. We'll see what happens. Um, Tampa Bay have a buyer. They already had their buy. I think they already had their buy. I hate how ESPN does the schedule on the left. They just say the dates. They don't actually say the week. Stupid as fuck, bro. Uh, yeah, it looks like they already had their buy. So I, I think it's probably Rashad White season going forward. So if you stash him all year, this was the time uh, that it paid off for y'all. Receiving side of things, Godwin had his breakout game. 13 targets, 12 catches, 110, and a touchdown. I mean, that was just a matter of time. He was getting a ton of targets. Christian Wirfs goes down with a uh, semi-serious ankle injury. So could be high ankle. It could be out for a couple weeks. And that's just another blow to this offensive line. They lose to Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, it just doesn't look good for Tampa right now. They just don't have the power on offense that they did the last couple of years. Brady does not have the time to throw the ball, which is why so many balls are just dumped off to Rashad White. So many balls are going to just slot Chris Godwin. Mike Evans has no success. Their deep ball completion percentage is really, really shitty right now. Yeah, Mike Evans, I mean, if you own him, you just keep starting him because he'll have his blow-up weeks. But I don't – when was the last time this motherfucker scored a touchdown? In a minute. And by a minute, I mean an hour. Yeah, dude, look at this. Look at this. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. That's like eight games. So he's due. He's fucking due, baby. Get him in your lineups. On the flip side of things, Jacoby Brissett, man, I – I respect Jacoby Brissett. I respect him so much more than Taylor Heineke, bar for bar. Um, Jacoby Brissett, last game, Deshaun Watson coming in. He'll be the guy next week. Kareem Hunt continues to go unused, and he's unusable. Cooper ends up leading the team in targets and catches and everything. He dropped a huge pass on a, on a fourth down, which should have made them lose the game, but did not. A uh, couple key takeaways here. One, fuck Donovan Peoples-Jones for ruining my prize pick squares. All he needed to he needed to have three catches. He had two in the first like five minutes and didn't catch another ball. But on a uh, on a real note, David Njoku is back to being a full time tight end. He saw seven targets, five for twenty nine in a touchdown. I expect him to be even more of a full time tight end now that he's fully healthy. Deshaun Watson comes back next week. I think he's going to be a very big part of this offense going forward. So if Njoku is available on your waiver wire, you smash the sheesh out of that. David Bell's another dude who continuously gets five to six targets per game. And there's a chance, you know, there's a chance. Watson's not really a guy who, like, settles for dumping balls off to the slot. You know, he doesn't really necessarily take what's given to him. He he takes his own shit, you know. He throws the ball downfield. 
He'll run the ball if he needs to. Watson's kind of like he's more Patrick Mahomes than he is Tom Brady, where if something's not there. He's not necessarily like reading the defense and just taking zone dump offs. He's like, I want to make some shit happen. I don't know if David Bell necessarily fits that archetype. And I'm probably getting way too deep into this analysis for it to even matter because David Bell is probably not going to be in any lineups. But I think he's if you're in a very deep league, I, I don't think he's a terrible pickup right now. Like if you're in the bash, you're heading into the bash right now. 20 players on each roster. Week 13, you got to be in the top 50 out of 100 scoring teams. Uh, high scorers. I don't think David Bell is a terrible stash with Watson coming back next week. Are we playing Watson immediately off the rip? I mean, he plays Houston. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be throwing him into my lineup next week for sure. Cincy, Tennessee. Yo, let me tell you some bullshit yesterday. Let me tell you some bullshit. So I'm not a huge gambler. I don't really gamble much. I, uh, I, I'm not like a money line spread type of dude. I like the prize picks parlay, uh, the prize pick squares, because I'm a fantasy guy, right? So I'm I'm aware of like player statistics and what's what looks right, what looks wrong. Yesterday, FanDuel had one of like their premium props. They wanted people to bet. And it was for every team in the one o'clock window to throw a passing touchdown. Every team to throw a passing touchdown. The odds were plus 13,000. Okay, so I'm like, cool, let me throw one unit down. I threw 30 bucks on it. It would have paid me out four thousand dollars. Okay, and we're going through the games and I'm like, cool, like Carolina threw a touchdown. New York threw a touchdown. Chicago threw a touchdown. Like all these shit teams throw touchdowns. And I'm like, dude, we might just pull this shit off. We might just done strip FanDuel of their bank account. We're getting down to the witching hour, right? The four o'clock games are almost on end of the fourth quarter. And I'm like, damn, I only got a couple teams left. It was like Cleveland and Tennessee. No, no, it was it was Baltimore, Cleveland, and Tennessee. Cleveland, I was like, damn, we're not going to get this. They ended up, oh, wait, it was, yeah, it was Cleveland because they had the Schwartz rushing touchdown. Cleveland hits Baltimore. These motherfuckers, Mark Andrews drops that passing touchdown, the one that was in his hand at the end of the fourth quarter. And I'm like, we're fucked. They end up throwing a touchdown. They end up scoring later in the game, like a couple minutes later. So I was like, cool. All we needed was Tennessee. Every single team, all uh, fucking 18 teams, all 17 of the 18 teams scored a passing touchdown. Tennessee, because Derrick Henry got dragged down on the three-yard line, fumbled it, and Traylon Burks picked it up as a fumble recovery touchdown. Derrick Henry had a fucking 69-yard screen pass. He got caught on the two- or three-yard line, fumbled it into the end zone, and I lost $4,000 because of that fucking play. $4,000. God damn, I would have been rocking a Rolex today. I don't know how much Rolex costs. How much Rolex costs? I just realized y'all couldn't even see that screen when I showed you the mic, Gavin. You can't see the screen that I'm looking at up here. Oh, Rolex? They're only $821,000. It's fine. No, it's an Audemars. I could get one for $5,000. Damn. Damn you, Derrick Henry. Damn you, Derrick Henry to hell. All right. We're bike. Anyways, um... Samaj P. Ryan filled in admirably for Joe Mixon. He's coming off a concussion, so I uh, expect him to be bike and take over that immediate workload like he had the entire season. T. Higgins continues to explode with Jamar Chase on the comebike, and he'll be uh, he'll be playing against the Chiefs next week, apparently. So Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, obviously in your lineup. Hayden Hurst filled in nicely while Jamar Chase was out. But, yeah, it's, it's Higgins, it's Chase, and Tyler Boyd has just been, uh, as the kids call it, not it. So I don't, I don't really think he is startable outside of a really, really desperate, maybe like week 14 when there's five teams on by or something. Um, but with Jamar Chase back, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 
in love with Tyler Boyd whatsoever right now. Tennessee side of things, um, yeah, just I have just so much hate in my heart right now for Tennessee. It's so hard to look at this box score and just see this. You motherfuckers. You dirty, rotten, pig-stealing motherfuckers. Uh, Derrick Henry, absolute shit game efficiency-wise, but he does have the big screen pass. I think the biggest takeaway here from Tennessee side is Traylon Burks, man. Continues to lead the team in targets. Uh, continues to have the most production. He's a dude that you just want on your team going forward for the stretch run. He's that rookie second half of the year that kind of breaks out. They play at Philly. But then they play Jaguars, Chargers, Texans. Cowboys is obviously tough, but they get a nice little slate of games here where Traylon Burks could be a solid, like high end wide receiver three for you going forward. Texans, Dolphins. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone on Houston is is basically unstartable right now. I don't care about Jordan Aikens having a touchdown. Uh, Nico Collins has been okay. He's actually been getting a ton of targets. He's getting like eight, nine, ten targets every game. PPR wise, he's okay. You know, he's he's someone you could pick up. I think and probably throw into your flex. Brandon Cooks is like barely flexible at this point too. I think the biggest takeaway here is Damian Pierce's demise. Um, I saw someone in the comments being like, "You were wrong about Damian Pierce." I mean, like, fam, dude, I was all on Damian Pierce in February when he was literally undrafted in rookie drafts. I was putting him on your radar. If you drafted Damian Pierce anywhere in like the eighth round or later, you're happy as fuck. By the time he got to the fifth round, I wasn't drafting him. So to, so to say I was wrong about Damian Pierce's absurdity. You guys will never be happy unless someone is a 100% on every single player in the offseason. It's like really actually cr- – you guys' internet behavior is some of the most – like in you guys if, – if I had kept a, a notepad of behavior that you guys have, we could put you into a fucking nut house for sure. Um, but you know, I, I don't really know what to say with Damian Pierce. Maybe it's the rookie wall in the second half of the year. I mean, the dude has had a fucking incredible amount of carries, but prior to that dude, like first half of the year, going back to college, he's, he's one of the most elusive. He's one of the most like tackle breaking, uh, shifty running backs in the NFL. And I, I, I do think it might partly have to, uh, do with the fact that one, they're just a terrible team man. they have to rely on him so heavily. And, uh, second half of the year, like a lot of rookies hit that wall. So, I am. Uh, I'm not worried about Damian Pierce. I'm worried about him like going forward. Uh, the Dolphins also do have a very good run defense, and he probably got game scripted out immediately. They play the Browns next week, who have a terrible run defense. But Deshaun Watson will be back. They get Cowboys, Chiefs, Titans, so a pretty tough slate going forward. I, I guess Pierce is more of like a low end RB two going forward. Uh, Miami also fucked me on about 17 of my prize pick slips because I had the over on all of them. Jeff Wilson, 13 receiving yard, 13 and a half receiving yards. A guy gets one catch for 13 yards, like unbelievable behavior. Felt personal. Um, but they were awesome up until about halftime when they all got benched, of course, Tua continues to play lights out. Jeff Wilson, yeah, he did get banged up a little bit in this game. And then I believe they just sat him for the rest of the game because of they were up 30 nothing at halftime. Waddle does his thing. Tari Kill does his thing. No other real takeaways here. Uh, but keep a eye on Jeff Wilson injury reports. Chicago. Uh oh, that I didn't mean to open that. Um, Chicago has Justin Fields sitting out in this one, so Trevor F- Simeon fills in. That's real a really fun game to watch. Uh, biggest takeaway here is Darnell Mooney gets hurt. I believe he has like a high ankle sprain. So that would, I guess, open up targets for Chase Claypool. I think the biggest beneficiary is going to be Cole Komet. If he's on your wire, I think he becomes a pretty good uh, tight end start right now. Claypool is just, he's just not 
very good. He's just not very good. He might get a lot of targets now, so I guess he might be playable as a flex, but Darnell Mooney being out really doesn't make me that excited about Claypool. I think he'll be like a low-end wide receiver three, possible flex play, but I'm not, you know, I'm not excited. Hopefully Justin Fields is back next week. We got a lot to talk about on New York side. We have a whole fucking lot to talk about on New York side. Let's talk about the man of the hour, the man of the day, the man of the weekend, the man of the year, Michael White. Michael White in shining armor as Animal headlined his video for him this morning. So as you could see, his stock price on Mojo went up 78% over the last week. Not only did he get the start, but this dude balled the fuck out. This is not the first time we have seen Mike White play really well in a Jets uniform. This is not the first time we've seen it. He has filled in before and put up numbers on the board. 22 for 28, 315 yards, 11.3 yards per attempt. That's got to have led the, the NFL this week. And three touchdowns. Highest rating amongst NFL quarterbacks. And I guess the, the takeaways from the receiver side of things. Corey Davis was back in this one, but it was all Garrett Wilson. He had eight targets. The next leading receiver had three targets. Elijah Moore, 42-yard touchdown catch. Still only two targets. Still played behind some other receivers. But I would like to say that he gets a fresh start now that Mike White has a fresh start. Now that he just had this... 42-yard touchdown. Elijah Moore is for sure someone that we could pick back up and hope that Mike White can continue to sprinkle his white everywhere, continue to give him that energy up the nostrils right now. But Garrett Wilson feels like he's about to he's about to do some shit right now for your fantasy team going forward. Garrett Wilson is a dude that I want in every lineup that I have. Anywhere that I have him, he'll be in my starting lineup. This is the first glimpse that we see with Mike. We're like, we just need to get Zach Wilson off the field. Holy shit. Um, Mike White, awesome. Now, Michael Carter, that James Robinson was a healthy scratch. Michael Carter, I believe, suffered a high ankle strip. Uh- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A high ankle sprain, which left Zonovan Knight. Zonovan Knight is a... Uh, a rookie that I believe went undrafted. I know Noah, if you guys watch our Thursday prize picks videos or you watch any of our dynasty rookie stuff, Noah liked Donovan Knight a lot. He thinks Donovan Knight's a, a relatively talented running back. So don't be surprised if he plays well down the stretch. However, this is going to be a committee. I think they probably still look at Ty Johnson as the pass catching back. I think this is going to be dispersed between the two of them. So a little bit tricky to feel out, you know, what's going to go on in this backfield. Do you really want to spend fab on two different Jets running backs? Um, I would probably look at Zonovan Knight first. He did get three targets. He did get 14 carries. So you're talking about 17 touches. Um, and if if Mike White can lead this offense successfully, you might be looking at a player here. Um, Ty Johnson, I get, Ty Johnson has just shown us over and over and over again that he fucking sucks, but teams love to use him for whatever reason. I think he'll be using a pass catching um facility so i'm not really about to break the bank on him whatsoever i think zonovan knight could be interesting if michael carter is ruled out uh james robinson probably comes back i mean i'm, I'm sure if michael carter's hurt he's not a healthy scratch anymore so we'll see what they say about robinson and if he's back then i would play him over the other two obviously but if he's not then zonovan seems like an okay pickup they play the vikings they play the bills they play the Lions, the jags the seahawks so a mixed bag um but yeah, you got to be really excited about Garrett Wilson. You got to be really excited about Mike White. Pretty excited. I mean, you, it's about as excited as you can get a, uh, for Elijah Moore in a long fucking time. Speaking of not getting excited, the fucking Atlanta Falcons. Any takeaways here? Absolutely not. Other than most of these guys are unplayable. I will say the one thing we could look at positively, fantasy wise, for the Falcons. With Kyle Pitts out for the first game, Cordell Patterson does see five targets, which was his high in a long fucking time. Might even even been a season high. So Cordell might be more involved in the in the past game going down the stretch with Kyle Pitts out, but everyone else just fucking stinks on this team, dude. I'm so over this shit. So fucking over. We could have had the we could have had the division lead if we win this fucking game. How do we lose this game to Taylor Taylor Heineke? Disgusted. Another big game out of Brian Robinson, though. 18 for 105, even catches a couple balls. I feel like he didn't catch a ball for six straight weeks, and now he catches two passes. Had a nice 14-yard touchdown catch. Uh, Ter Terry McLaurin, again, is the guy with Taylor Heineke under center. No one else is really trustable. Gibson had an okay game. This is like what you're getting out of him if he doesn't score a touchdown, unfortunately. So kind of like a boomer bust, RB3, flex play. Ryan Robinson, I kind of put Ryan Robinson in that same category, to be completely honest with you. He did have a big game this week because he's their premier runner and the Falcons' run defense is terrible. So if it's a good matchup, one that you know Washington's going to stay in or possibly win, you could definitely start Brian Robinson. He's getting a lot of touches. I, I, don't, I just don't think he's that talented of a running back outside of big matchups, but you know he's, he, he's a low-end RB2 going forward. Terry, you start every week. No one else in the passing game you could start. Broncos-Panthers, talking about no one else in the passing game you could start. Uh, Cortland Sutton, obviously startable if Jerry Judy's out. If he's not, I don't even think you could start him. Latavius Murray takes over as the guy in this backfield, of course, because uh, Melvin Gordon is out. Um, but he dominated backfield touches, had a 52-yard run, so 13 for 92. Didn't do much in the passing game, but clearly he owns the backfield, and he could be started as a low-end RB2 going forward. Um, Russ just stinks so bad. He stinks so bad. You know, and I'd like to say, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'll say about um, 
the Broncos franchise right now. It's easy to look at the contract they gave him and be like, you know, they're locked in for four or five years. It's just not the way NFL works, right? Like, if they decide this offseason that they're going to move on, they'll find a way to move on. They will trade him for a sixth-round pick. Like, obviously, the team that takes him over thinks they could fix him and take on his salary. Like, you got to understand that this is not Madden. These are very well-seasoned businessmen that run football teams. So they look at these players as assets and liabilities. All right? So it's not, oh, we're locked in for five years because we gave them the guaranteed contract and we gave them all this money. If they know that the opportunity, it's a sunk cost, they will move on. Like, if I'm a Broncos fan, I don't actually expect Russell Wilson to be my quarterback forever, for the next four or five years, if he continues to play like this. Maybe it's a coaching thing. Maybe they 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 let him run it back next year with a new coach because Hackett is fucking god-awful. Um, yeah, they figure out a way. Like, money's not real in the fucking NFL. If they look at it and they're like, oh, it's a lost fucking investment if we stink right now and we need to go a different direction, they're businessmen. They'll figure out a way to, 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 to get it out of here. And that's what Russell Wilson is at this point. Let's go bite, though, to the game. Carolina, uh, Sam Darnold. Got the start. 41 carries between Foreman and Chuba. Uh, I mean, these are the games that we've seen out of Deonta Foreman. 24 for 113. DJ Moore does get in the end zone, though. It's nice to see him, I guess. Like, we're, we we say the same thing about him every single week. You're playing whack-a-mole. You don't know who actually helps him out under center. Every once in a while, he'll get a big play or score a touchdown or something. But right now, he's still, like, a really unreliable wide receiver three that will have games like this and then won't have games like this. So uh, this doesn't make me any higher on DJ Moore. I would probably trade him if I could uh Deonta Foreman I, I I still continue to put him into my lineup dude I just again I think he's a talented running back and his floor is very low his ceiling is pretty fucking nice as we've seen throughout the year so he's he's a high-end RB3 low-end RB2 um I gotta stop opening these fucking apps god damn it Baltimore Jacksonville this this Baltimore offense might be like the most difficult offense to watch they are fucking brutal to watch their passing game is so pathetic i hate him i hate their fucking guts this is just me projecting about how much mark andrews i have in my lineups across different platforms but holy shit are they brutal to watch uh takeaways here gus edwards is clearly the back there 16 carries 52 yards gets in the end zone justice hill one carry Kenyon drake two carries so the only real takeaway here is uh, Gus Edwards is for sure startable going forward. On the flip side, the Jaguars are playing great fucking ball. The Jaguars are hitting their stride. Trevor Lawrence is hitting his stride. 321 yards, three touchdowns. Looked great in this game. Travis Etienne left early and did not return. Foot injury. Uh, Apparently, it's not serious. He was not in a walking boot. He was not on crutches. So, there is a you know 50-50, if not higher, chance that he does play next week. Will he be at 100%? I don't know. Uh, Jermichael Hasty takes over. <laughs> I believe he was the RB1 on the week before Josh Jacobs' game. 12 for 28, so not good on the ground. Snoop Connor gets a little bit involved, but 5 for 67 through the air and a touchdown. He had a beautiful touchdown on a wheel route. Hasty is a guy that I'm definitely intrigued by because he gets a lot of pass catching work and they play the Lions next week. So that's a great fucking matchup. If ETN is out, Hasty will definitely be a top 24, top 20 
maybe top 18 back because we're still in bye weeks. So he's someone I would target on the wire if possible because he had such a you know a nice game through the through the air. And clearly they need some weapons here. Zay Jones, pop-off game. 14 targets, 11 catches, 145. I've just been a fan of Zay Jones. I, I own a lot of Zay Jones in best ball, but, I mean, you know what Zay Jones is. He's doing this one week, and then he's going three for 17 the next week. So use him at your own uh, – let's, let's actually look at his game logs. He's been, like, consistently okay with his floor, I feel like. Last week, 10 targets, 8 catches, 68 yards, 5 for 40. Yeah, then you have those string of games where, like, the middle of the season, three for 28, four for 54, five for 42, three for 12. So it's like, which one are we going to get? You'd like to think coming off of these weeks with Trevor Lawrence starting to put it together, like, these are what we can expect, but you never really fucking know with them. Uh, I like Zay Jones, though. He obviously should be owned. I think you can for sure put him at your flex as Jacksonville plays the Lions next week again. Titans' pass defense is terrible. Um, so, yeah, you can you can definitely get it done. Those next two weeks with Jay, Zay Jones. Justin Herbert, man, he's just uh, literally anytime Keenan Allen is on the field, he just looks like a different quarterback. His stats are up there. He's not throwing it downfield. Everything's like a fucking dump off. And that's what happens when your O-line is absolutely bruised the fuck up and you're getting pressure on you every single play. You dump it off to Eckler. You dump it off to Keenan Allen. But it's just like when he has full strength weapons, and I know he doesn't have Mike Williams out there, obviously he looks like what he looked like throughout this week when he didn't have Williams or Keenan Allen. Throughout this year, I should say. Like, what quarterback is going to play well with DeAndre fucking Carter as your one? You know? But big week from Carter. Big week from Austin Eckler. Not on the ground, but catches 11 balls for 60 yards. Palmer, 556. Good to see Keenan Allen work through another full game for 5 for 49. And a tugger. Um, So, Herbert... I. I'm excited to see Herbert down the stretch run. I know he had a lot of passing attempts, and you know it wasn't all pretty, but this was like his first three-touchdown game, I believe, since week one. Okay, They play the Raiders next week. The Dolphins can certainly be thrown on. Uh, the Titans can be thrown on. So we might see a nice little string of games for Justin Herbert. He'll be a QB1 ranked for me going forward. Um, also to note, Josh Kelly back on the field. I guess, whatever. Um, Allen will be a top 15 play for me going forward. Palmer certainly startable. DeAndre Carter will have his weeks as well if Mike Williams is, continues to be out. I, I think there's more chance that we see Mike Williams week 14, 15 than we do next week, but keep an eye on that, of course. Arizona, they actually look good for the first time in like 17 years. Murray looked great on the ground, had a big game, a lot of fantasy points. Uh, James Conner was the workhorse, clear bell cow. This is like his third game in a row like that. 25 carries, 120 yards, three catches through the air, 20 yards, and a touchdown. So, Conner, if you got him, obviously you're starting him. Uh, biggest takeaway is Marquise Brown, first game back, leads the team in targets, eight targets. It was mostly, you know, like setting up plays for him around the line of scrimmage, see if he can kind of explode through. But good to see him get through a full game. Uh, he's someone that this, this offense is going to be extremely condensed. Um, with no Zach Ertz, this offense is clearly just going through Connor Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. So they're finally finally like semi at full strength, and them two are going to have a very high target share. So they saw 14 out of the 29 pass attempts. So nearly 50% of the targets went to those two. Uh, they're both uh, – Diop is clearly obviously a, a high-end wide receiver one. Marquise Brown, I think he's very playable going forward. I think uh, uh, they have a bye next week, I believe. Yeah, they have a bye next week, and they return versus Patriots, Broncos, Buccaneers, Falcons. Um, I think Marquise Brown is 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 a is a high end wide receiver three going forward. 
Raiders, Seahawks. Yep. I mean, it's it's Josh Jacobs on the left side, and we're going to move past that because the first 10 minutes of this entire video, we're talking about that. Right side, Kenneth Walker gets in for two touchdowns. Uh, doesn't have a lot of success on the ground, 14 for 26. But, um, you know, Metcalf, good game. Lockett gets in the end zone, so he had a relatively good no, – no real takeaways here, honestly. Gino did what he's been doing all year, Metcalf, Lockett, Kenneth Walker. I don't think we had any injuries on that side. Injuries, injuries to anyone? No. Oh, this was disgusting. Bryce Perkins was the quarterback for L.A. Uh, I mean, listen, the only the only takeaway here, Kyron Williams did get really involved in this game, so like, I'm a little bit optimistic about him as a pickup. 11 carries, so he leads the backfield and not only carries but also targets. Uh, Stafford's probably going to be out for a minute. So this offense is going to stink. I don't think you can start a single player on the Rams. On the flip side, a few takeaways for KC. One, Pacheco, as you can see there, 22 carries, 69 yards, does get in the end zone. Uh, a lot of those carries happened on the goal line, which is good and bad. It, the dude had like nine fucking carries inside the 10-yard line. Couldn't convert. He, he should have had like three touchdowns, to be honest with you. Pacheco had so many carries inside the 10-yard line. Kept getting stuffed, but obviously 22 carries for him, four for Ronald Jones, zero for McKinnon. It's Pacheco's backfield, clearly, with Clyde on the IR. So continue ramping him up as, as a nice RB2. But it is it is a committee, you know, six targets for McKinnon. He's playing on all the third and longs. He's playing in passing situations. Ronald Jones even a little bit involved, gets a target, four carries, et cetera. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, this is something to keep an eye on. Because Justin Watson ran 100% of the routes for Kansas City. Juju only ran, I think, like 40% of the routes. And it's weird because he missed last week, of course, but that was with a concussion. You don't tend to see, like, those things linger. You're either in or you're out with concussions. And if you're in, like, you're playing at full strength. So I would keep an eye on Juju because I'm not really sure why he didn't run with the ones. I'm not really sure why he didn't get a ton of play time but as usual is Kelsey leading the pack here and everyone else kind of just sprinkled in with a little bit of production the Saints are fucking terrible even though their defense kind of showed out uh Chris Olave five for 62 leads the team what else is fucking new uh he also had a call that uh on a ball that should have been like a 25 30 yard catch um that was somehow called an incomplete pass after he took like 17 steps so he should have had an even bigger game but he's just awesome continue to start him obviously Alvin Kamara man this is like the conundrum. Seven for 13 on the ground. I believe he lost two fumbles in this game. Six for 37 through the air. Yep, he lost two fumbles, one on the goal line. So, like, could have had a much bigger fantasy day. But he's been just completely disappointing week in and week out. I don't think he's had, like, an RB1 finish in weeks. I think he had, like, one really, really big one. What do you have? Yeah, he had that 38-point game against Las Vegas. But... Seattle, he had a big game too, but every other game he's been like, look at these game lines the last four weeks. Four, 10, six, seven, like really ugly shit out of Kamara. Um, and it's it's a product of this offense, you know, product of the offensive line, product of just everything looking abysmal here. I hope they go back to Jameis, but I don't think they're going to. I think they kind of committed to Dalton rest of the season. Kamara, I think you continue to play because he has the upside of having those, you know, 15, 20, 30 point games, but. I mean, at this point, it's possible you have three better options because we're so late in the season, injuries happen and shit, obviously. On the flip side, uh, we definitely have some injury news. We have Christian McCaffrey leaves with like a knee injury. 
Then Elijah Mitchell leaves with a knee injury, which is probably more serious. I believe it's an MCL sprain, so he's going to miss multiple weeks. Jordan Mason fills in. He becomes the guy, the, the running back here, that got the carries once both of those two were out for the second half. Um, so Jordan Mason is obviously a guy to keep an eye on as it relates to the waiver wire. Christian McCaffrey, I don't think it's going to be serious, but like you never, you never know with this dude. He had a hamstring injury that lasted like for two fucking seasons. So McCaffrey, keep an eye on. If Elijah Mitchell misses time, McCaffrey's healthy though. Congrats, you got back your high-end RB1 that we had prior to Elijah Mitchell. And then Debo Samuel pulled up with a hamstring injury. I don't remember if he returned or not, but that's the other thing to keep an eye on. If he's out, Jawan Jennings low-key becomes a pretty fucking good play. He's been getting a ton of targets in the San Francisco offense, so um, keep an eye on him as well. So keep an eye on Debo, keep an eye on Elijah, C-Mac, Jawan Jennings. Those are the takeaways from here. Packers Eagles. Oh fucking boy. Boy oh boy. Aaron Rodgers hurts his oblique. And Jordan Love fills in. And Jordan Love fills the fucking and throws a slant to Christian Watson and he takes it to the house for 63 yards. And people were having flashbacks. People were just having flashbacks of any quarterback who's ever overtaken another great quarterback. Rodgers to five. Brady. Like, it was just, listen, Jordan Love looked good. This was the best we've ever seen him play on a football field. Most of it wasn't him. Like, Christian Watson slant was all Christian Watson, obviously. But, man, we'll have to keep an eye on. What's what's good with Aaron Rodgers? If it's serious, he might miss the rest of the year. Like, do they do they get him going again? Because you know they're not really in contention right now. Four and eight. Let's see. This shit was actually fucking hilarious. By the way, this meme. Aaron Rodgers in lock from Perk. <laughs> um, do we have any real updates? We'll have tests on his ribs today. If he is cleared, he says he'll play. So it's probably going to be a matter of pain, uh, which Rogers is a pretty tough dude. I'd imagine he'll he'll more likely than not play. But Jordan Love needs to be stashed in Superflex leagues. Jordan Love, his price shot up 11% on Mojo. And the way players' shares work on Mojo is for career value. Like, you are priced based on how we imagine your career to play out that single pass was such a big fucking spike for this dude because that may have led him into being the future starter for the Packers I don't want to be dramatic that was that was probably a little bit of a dramatic statement but it puts him down the right path maybe they have more confidence in him to start if they don't believe in Aaron Rodgers being like above 60 percent healthier uh Dylan had a good game finally Aaron Jones had a huge game receiving three for 56 gets the touchdown. Um, so good to see all those guys watching Watson continues his run, man. Watson's just breaking out all over the fucking place. So continue to start his ass on the flip side. Jalen hurts had just one of these best fucking quarterback games like ever 153, two touchdowns through the air, 157 on the ground. Miles Sanders goes crazy. I'll say it for the 91st fucking time. I wasn't wrong. I was early. Fuck all y'all out there. Josh Jacobs, you want to talk about? How about we talk about Miles Sanders? How about we talk about that, motherfuckers? How about we talk about that, motherfuckers? Huh? Pay your respects. Everybody behind your phone screen, be silent. Take a moment of fucking silence. Take a year of silence. I don't want to hear you talk until 2023. Goes for you too, Ikey baby. God, what a game from Philly, man. 
They're a scary ass team. Jalen Hurts, man, he is he is a thrower of the fucking football too. What a player. He's awesome. AJ Brown gets in the end zone. Uh kind of, you know, disappointing passing game overall. But Devontae Smith, this is one of the key takeaways we had from last week. Dallas Goddard out. Devontae Smith was a dude who kind of ate because of it. And now nine more targets. Seems like he he and AJ Brown are going to get a, a, an unbelievable like piece of the pie here in the passing game. So Devontae Smith, despite the lack of production here, I think he's an every week starter with AJ Brown. No one else in the passing game, but you know, you start your guys, Brown, Smith, Sanders, Hertz. Like you know the team. You know how good this team is, and you know who the good players are on the team. Ain't nothing better than that. Ain't nothing better than that. Okay. Uh, I believe that's the recap for the week. Yeah. Yeah. How we doing? Oh, Darrell Henderson. That, that was a good point. Is a Jag, so be careful. Uh, good point. They did sign him, and he will likely be active next week if ETN is out. He might actually be active regardless. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with me. I actually have a call in two minutes. Wow, what a perfectly fucking timed stream. Miles the GOAT. Don't you ever forget it. Uh, also, don't forget to go hit prize picks. Don't forget to go hit prize picks. All right? We like, yes, we like Matt Ryan. We like Kenny Pickett. We like the over fantasy points in this one for both quarterbacks. We ain't asking for much here. We ain't asking for much. We're not begging out here. We just we need a little bit. We need a little bit. Please, will you give me more? Any chance we can get some Dynasty content? Probably not at the moment. Um, but don't worry, this offseason you will be getting a fuck ton of Dynasty content. I'm hoping to bring on a couple creators that are Dynasty focused, a couple more, you know, myself, Noah, but maybe one or two other guys so that we have content daily coming out for y'all in the Dynasty rookie sheesh. But go hit prize picks, use promo code BDGE. You can go check out the merch site as well. We got some BDG hoodies or uh beanies for the winter. That's it. I love y'all. I'll see you uh I'll see you tomorrow for the waiver wire video. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.